Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 20 of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan, and as always, I am coming to you from the Batcave. Though, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you will notice I am actually rocking the Spider-Man shirt today. So, nothing if not equal opportunity here at the Galaxy. In today's episode, we're going to have a quick reselling news recap. We'll have a Galaxy CDs Rocks business update where I will actually talk about the thing I forgot to talk about in last week's business update. For some reason, it totally slipped my mind to talk about how many listings I did. So for those of you with a blank spot on your scorecard for how many listings Ryan got done last week, I will update you on that. So my apologies. <laughs> I was done with the episode, edited, ready to upload, and I was like, oh, crap. I forgot listings. So you'll get a twofer today. Uh, we're going to have some viewer and listener questions, comments, and a discussion. Uh, get into a little bit about that. And uh, one of the big ones was how I get my listings done. So we're going to cover that. But first, I wanted to invite you, if you can't get enough of the sound of this voice, the look of this mug, do me a favor and go check out the Reseller Niche podcast. Uh, I did an interview with Mo, who is the host over there that went live on Friday, both on YouTube and on the podcast. So I will link to those in the video description and the show notes below. Go check out Mo's channel, the reseller niche podcast. He's got almost 80 episodes covering a wide range of reselling topics and kind of how the wider world interacts with reselling. He's got some really great interviews. Of course, the one with me is my favorite. <laughs> uh, but I had a really, really great chat with Mo on that episode. Uh, it was it was funny because we, we stopped recording at, I don't know, 25 minutes or so. And then we continued to talk for another 20, 25 minutes. Um, so we really hit it off. We're talking about potentially doing maybe with some other resellers, a YouTube live kind of a panel discussion. So if we're going to do that, I will definitely alert you to that. We'll get that scheduled. It'll probably be on the reseller niche channel, not on my channel. But uh, if we're going to do that, I will definitely let you know. But in the meantime, do me a favor and do Mo a favor. Go check out his podcast and the episode that I recorded with Mo. It was a lot of fun. Mo, if you're listening or watching, thank you again. Um, for having me on, and we'll definitely have to do that again. So let's get into these viewer questions and comments. Rodney reached out. We actually had a, a quite a bit of a discussion back and forth on email, but one of his big questions was, how the heck in actual actions did you get all those CDs and books listed, and how long did it take? I'll answer the second question first. I have no idea because I am not anywhere near being done. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, in the last six months, I've bought a lot of over 8,000 CDs and I've probably bought three or 4,000 books. So I have literally got stuff everywhere. And to be fair, I've been pretty productive getting it listed. My store as of this recording has not quite 6,300 active listings. So I've been pretty successful at getting merchandise up at a clip of not quite, maybe on average 200 a week, but there is still, it's, it will be months, maybe, maybe years 
before I can actually get through everything I have. Now, a lot of people would look at that and say, man, that's, that's a death pile. And I, I mean, it's a death garage. It is literally, I've got stuff everywhere. I look at it as money in the bank. It's inventory that as I head in now to the winter months, when it's going to be slow on the garage sale front and maybe a little light on the estate sale front, or if it's 10 below zero and I just don't want to go to an estate sale or go thrifting on that day, I've got plenty of inventory that I can work with to get my listing goals done to keep my store active and moving forward. So there is really no good answer to that question. How long did it take? It's it's going to be a long long time. (laughs) Um, So the first part, how do you do it? How do you get that done? How do you not be overwhelmed by that? And I talked about this, we'll probably reference several videos and podcasts that I've talked about in the past. You can't view that as a death pile. You can't be intimidated by the amount of stuff that you've acquired. You have to look at that as opportunity waiting to be tapped. So that's number one. Number two, I think it's super important, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, to have a goal of what you want to achieve. Do you want to get to 100 listings this week? Do you want to do 50? Do you want to do 200? Whatever the number that you think you can manage that you can actually achieve. And then you need to map out the plan to execute that goal. So I can't begin to tell you what either of those things looks like, I'll talk a little bit about how I do it and make some other suggestions about what, what you may be able to do to help yourself achieve that. But that's, that's the starting point. You've got to begin with the end in mind, as they say. So know kind of where you want to get and then think about the steps that you need to take to be able to get there. From an actual mechanics standpoint, what do I do physically on a day in day out basis to achieve that number. So I've talked about in the past, my little calendar with the little hash marks. So I'm diligent about keeping track of where I'm going. How, how am I doing in terms of my goal? I grab a box of stuff in the morning, CDs, books, whatever it is, sometimes both. And I come down here and I just start doing the work. Look up the item. Do I want to list it? Do I not want to list it? If I'm not listing it, Should it be on the kind of dud pile that I got to figure out what to do with? Or is it something that I think might make sense in a lot with something else? And that's the ones, if you're watching on YouTube, that are in this pile behind me. So next thing, if I've decided to list it, is to actually do the listing. Take the photos, fill in the item specifics, fill out the item details, get it done, get it stored in its item location, and then get on to the next one. And to just religiously do that hour by hour throughout the course of the day. I I generally work on listings, just on listings, anywhere from six to 10 hours a day. So I'm really kind of grinding away at that. I'm down here, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm watching YouTube, I've got music going, whatever it is. So yes, it's a bit of a lonely existence. It's me and Josie the cat, and I really don't let her down here because there's so much stuff, but That's the workflow and the amount of time that's put into getting that level of listings done on an ongoing basis. Will that work for you? If you're full-time, yeah, essentially you've just got to manage your time towards the goal that you're trying to achieve and just keep plugging away. If you're part-time, 
you need to find a way to maximize your efficiency. And one thing that I've seen other eBay sellers do, they've talked about on YouTube or in their podcast, that I would probably recommend at least trying is at night, rather than trying to knock out, say, five listings, if you have 10, 12, 15 items that you know you're going to list, take all the photos, get all your photos done for those amount of items so that the next day you essentially have a, a cash pile in your phone. You've got pictures for 10, 12, 15 things. So while you're at work on your coffee break, on your lunch break, you can work on some listings. You're going to the kid's soccer game. You can sit there while your kid's not playing and you can work on a listing. You can do a listing at halftime. You can do a listing during timeout. You've got an opportunity to use some time where you really normally would not think you could be listing to get some listings done. So take that to heart. Hopefully that helps somebody, but find a way to maximize your efficiency by doing some pre-work. I talk on this channel a lot about the more work you do up front, the easier things are on the back end. And I think there's potential there if you take those photos in advance that you can maximize time elsewhere by completing listings from those photos and maybe get a little more done on a given day. So let me know if that's something that, that you're doing or using or if that sounds like a reasonably good idea, especially if you're part-time. I, I probably wouldn't do it myself full-time because it just it doesn't fit my workflow. I'd end up, I have to touch merchandise multiple times and I, in my workflow, I don't want to do that. But if you're part-time, that may be a really good way to help you be more efficient. Moving on, uh, Jackie commented, being a retired librarian, I enjoy seeing the media you sell. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. And I wish I could share more. Um, maybe I should, I should do a live YouTube thing someday and just stream myself listing all these old books. They're just so many amazing old books dating clear back into the 1700s in some cases. Some really, really neat stuff. If you're into books, you know, maybe go follow my on my eBay store so you can watch the new listings as they come up. Like I say, I, I'm doing listings literally seven days a week, so there's almost always fresh inventory going on there and just some really amazing stuff. So I'm glad I'm glad you're getting some enjoyment out of seeing those old books. Obviously, I've got thousands more <laughs> to come, so you're going to be seeing them for a while, but I, I really appreciate the comment. Um, I did a video a couple of weeks back on, it's called How to Process a Partial Refund on eBay with Managed Payments. And I've had a couple of people reach out to say that their screens don't look anything like the screens I showed in that video. Um, I got one earlier today that said, I guess eBay has changed a lot since you made this video. My screen looks nothing like yours. The only options I have are add tracking, leave feedback, sell similar, add note. There's only one drop-down box on the right that gives me these options. Uh, view message, history, mark as sent, add tracking, contact buyer, cancel order. There's literally no options for editing payments. I don't know, and I've had a similar comment from someone else. I don't know if these are people who maybe have not been switched on to manage payments yet and are looking for a way to do partial refunds through eBay. And I, as far as I can remember, 
it's amazing how fast you forget something. I've been on managed payments for about maybe two months, <laughs> if that. And I can't remember what it was like to do transactions on PayPal. So that fast, that working memory is gone. But I know you couldn't do that. You have to go to PayPal to do that. So I don't know if these are folks that are still on PayPal for their payment system, and that's why their screens look different, or if there are legitimately people who are seeing really different screens. Because every time I get that message, I come down and I log on to my eBay account and walk through that process just like I did in the video to make sure that nothing has changed and nothing has. So if you're watching this, if you've watched that video, let me know. Do your screens, if you're on managed payments, do your screens look like the ones I showed in that video? And I will link that video in the description below. And no, this isn't a ploy to just <laughs> get another YouTube watch uh, out of you. I'm genuinely curious. Are you seeing the same things I'm seeing or are there are there different versions of eBay kind of out there in the wild? I think that there may be. Um, and I say that for two reasons. The, the Pure Hustle podcast guys did an interview this week with the auction professor and he commented about what his eBay page looks like. And theirs didn't look like his. Mine doesn't look like his. So I think there may be kind of different versions of what people see on eBay that are out there in the wild. Maybe it depends on what server you're on. I had another issue, a friend of mine that could not get into shipping for, I think it was Wednesday, pretty much the whole day. Could not ship, couldn't print labels, couldn't see anything, went to the uh, eBay status page and it said, you know, this is down, this is down, this is down. And she sent me a photo of her screen. So I signed on to mine and went to the same thing and mine was all green. Everything was working. So clearly there are different server farms, if you will, that eBay is working off of and different people may be seeing different things. So that's a really long, windy chat about this topic. But the point being, if you've watched that video or you go watch that video, let me know if you're on managed payments, do your screens look like the ones I showed in that video? Because I don't want to be giving people wrong information. If there are other variations of how that can be done out there, we need to cover that. So let me know. I would appreciate it. Moving on, P. Diddy T2 breached out. Um, in last week's episode, I talked about him, and he's doing 50 auctions pretty much at all times. And I asked him to chime back in and let us know how that's going for him. So follow-up to last week's about auctions. Most anything I list for the first time is an auction that usually keeps it at around 50. Sometimes, though, we just relist items that have a high number of watchers over five as well. With the premium stores, you get a 1,000 free auction listings in select categories, which somehow are never the categories that I'm selling in, but that's another topic. So we try to exhaust those every month as well. They don't, he doesn't sound like they're selling a ton of them. Uh, as for how many, it probably pretty low, maybe 10 or so. The vast, vast majority of sales are from the stores. Buy it now. Uh, if they don't sell, we just throw them in the store, which is, again, there are multiple free listings with that, with the premium store. So I don't really have any compelling evidence, but I do notice when we don't list as many auctions, sales in general for the week drop. 
So that's really interesting. And again, we've talked about before the necessary activity that your store needs to have to keep you kind of up in the eBay algorithm, to keep your listings being pushed, to keep your store active. When I don't list for a day, I notice immediately that there's a drop. I've even noticed if I do if I do 40, 40, 40, and then the, the next day I only do 10, it seems like even that change in activity has an impact on my business, which is really, really weird. But there you go. P. Diddy, T-Tube, thank you so much for reaching back out and filling us in with that. I appreciate it. Uh, Bird Knows Best commented, uh, my second store, which has around 500 listings, is outselling my main store, which has around 1,000 active listings. I'm assuming this is due to Q4. So that was in response to the, the kind of questions about has the election result or at, at the time the drama around the election impacted your business. And there's a situation where one person has two stores and one has done better and the other one is not doing as well. So it's it's really hard in any given instance to, there's just too many variables to be able to point to one thing and say it was this or it was that um, that impacted your business. In his case, he's got one that's up and one that's down. Dave Garrett also commented, um, only been reselling since the beginning of May, but from November 3rd through the 10th was my best net sales week so far on eBay. I also sell a wide variety of items, though, anything from glassware to sports cards. So this is something that I'm particularly guilty of. My store is not super diverse right now. It was six months ago. But because of the things that I've sourced, mostly books and CDs, my store is probably, man, I would have to guess, if I was going to put a number on 85% media right now, which is probably not the best situation. I think the diversity in your store is probably helpful because then you've kind of got something for everybody. So that's clearly working for him. And moving on one more, um, Mo at reseller niche podcast actually watched the video that I just talked about, uh, about how to process a partial refund. He said he just used it to find out how to send a partial refund. Cheers. So at least for him that worked with that. We are going to take a quick sponsor break and then we will be right back with a news update and the Galaxy CDs Rocks business recap. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Pod Chaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. News updates. All right, let's get into the reselling news. If you've been watching online any of the kind of electronics slash gaming sites, and probably some regular news sites as well. Uh, the, the hate is out for the resellers again because of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So I did a podcast, what was it, three weeks ago about is reselling unethical? And one of the things we talked about that in that episode was 
the use of bots to kind of snipe items that are new and hot. Uh, in that particular instance, we were talking about sneakers, but the same thing probably has happened here with video games. So these systems, brand new, I think the Xbox Series X came out on Tuesday and the PlayStation 5, if my memory serves, came out on Thursday. Really, really difficult to get. I know Walmart was doing, I think every two hours on Thursday, starting at noon, they were releasing a certain amount of PlayStation 5s. And I have several friends that were trying to get one. Nobody was able to get one. And yet, if you go on eBay right now, there are PlayStation 5s and Xbox Series X available kind of starting at about 800 bucks, which is double the regular retail price, roughly, and running up as high as $3,200, $3,400. Man, oh man, the, the hate for resellers <laughs> on this issue is in full force. So I'm not really quite sure how I feel about that. When you find an old Nintendo system or a Sega in the wild at a garage sale or an estate sale and you throw it up on eBay and nobody else has one and the price gets driven up, that's all good. But if you've used a bot to stock up on these items, if you've got more than one of these and you've essentially got in front of a real human who wants to buy this and play these games with his kids or whatever it is so that you can flip it on eBay for two, three, five times its retail value. I still am not sure how I feel about that. Uh, Let me know in the comments or reach out to me. If you're listening to the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash galaxy CDs rocks where you can leave me a voice message, which I will maybe play in a future episode. Or of course you can email me at Galaxy CDs Rocks. No, that's not right. Just Galaxy CDs <laughs> at gmail.com. And let me know uh, where you stand on this. Were you, did you get a gaming system in order to flip on eBay? And were you able to do it successfully? Are you good with that? If you're on the other side of it, if you're a gamer and you wanted one of these systems, would you pay two, three, five times its retail price to get one now? as opposed to riding it out for the 30 or 45 days that may be involved to actually buy one at retail for regular price. Every time there's a new game system that comes out, this seems to be an issue with the resellers jumping in and buying a bunch of these. I saw a video, I think it was Friday, a guy with his car literally full of PS5s and Xbox Series X. I don't know how he was able to buy that many and get out of the store without actually getting beat up. (laughs) Uh, But there you go. So I don't, again, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess more power to you. I I don't think I could do it. Uh, It's just not, I'm all about making money, but that just, I don't know if it passes the sniff test for me. So let me know what you think about that. Speaking of stuff that Maybe doesn't pass the sniff test and just is kind of an unfortunate thing, I guess. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, there's a, an article on Hyperbeast. And as always, I'll link to all this in the show notes in the video description below. Travis Scott's McDonald's action figure is now reselling for $55,000 US dollars. Uh, the super limited Travis Scott action figures from the commercial for the McDonald's 
Cactus Jack Meal Collaboration are now reselling for $55,000 U.S. dollars. Serving as the main fixture of the campaign for the meal comprised of a quarter pounder with cheese. No, this is not sponsored by McDonald's, by the way. <laughs> uh, bacon and lettuce, a Sprite, and fries with barbecue sauce. The rare handcrafted and numbered figurines were won through a sweepstakes contest on Twitter. Limited to just five. In the whole world, five. The action figures come in a special box, acrylic display case with a certificate of authenticity. So there's literally just five of these. There may actually be six. Um, Travis made good on a promise and he sent one to a young cancer survivor, uh, Jonah DeToro. The young man had apparently reached out to Travis uh, when this thing first launched with a picture of himself in the hospital eating the Cactus Jack meal and uh, Travis said he would send him one of these figures and apparently he did. So hopefully that's not one (laughs) of the ones uh, that's currently up on sale for 55 grand, but someone who won one or multiple someones who won one of these through that Twitter contest is now reselling those things and apparently for just massive amounts of money. Now, I don't know if it'll actually sell for that amount or if it's just listed for that amount, but Man, that's, I guess, good on you if you were lucky enough to win one of these things. I I really wasn't, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I wasn't really even all that aware of the campaign. But when I, I get my Google alerts for reselling news, and this is one of the ones that came up, and I was like, man, 55 grand. I need to get on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so let me know what you think about that. I, uh, phew, I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, but good on them. I mean, if you can make 55 grand on something you won on Twitter, man, that's my first house cost $52,000. <laughs> so, ah, I don't know. Moving on. Uh, eBay UK. If you haven't been following the news with the coronavirus in Europe, it has surged once again, as it has here in the U.S., and England is on a pretty strict lockdown. eBay is offering a break to some of their sellers. If you have a ebay.co.uk store subscription, basic, featured, or anchor shop, on November 5th, 2020, you may be eligible for a one-month credit. What they're doing is if you use the the new time away setting, which is what replaced in the fall seller update, the old vacation setting. So if you're using the time away and you enabled it between November 5th and November 25th and you hid all of your fixed price listings for 21 days, eBay will credit you with that month's shop subscription fee. Again, this is eBay UK only. This is not in the US or anywhere else. This is just eBay UK. If you enable the time away settings and hide all your fixed price listings for 10 days or more between the 5th and 25th of November, but not for the full time period, eBay will credit you with 50% of your month's subscription fee. So good on eBay for reaching out and making some kind of offer to help these sellers out. I can't, I personally, given a lockdown, I, I don't know that I would close my online store down. I don't know that that makes sense. When when we were in lockdown here in the U.S. back in the spring, online sales went through the roof. If you were selling games, puzzles, books, music, movies, you were making a killing because <laughs> uh, people were trapped at home and they wanted stuff to do and they couldn't go shop because the stores were closed. So the notion of closing your eBay store during this time, 
unless literally you're not allowed to leave the house to go to the post office and you can't ship. I don't know all the details of their lockdown, but it just seems counterintuitive to me that you would do that. Um, I mean, even eBay in the U.S. took the opposite approach. They gave us all, what was it, 100,000 listings during that time. So we could just list like crazy. Whatever we had, we could list and try to sell. So I that seems to me to be kind of the better way to go rather than this, you know, shut your store down and get a free month of the subscription. But uh, kudos to eBay for at least reaching out and making some effort to help their sellers. Moving on to Mercari. Uh, the Japan-based company has posted a profit for the first time since going public two and a half years ago. So uh, kudos to them. The profit was attributed to a, guess, yes, coronavirus-triggered surge in online sales. Uh, Japan has long apparently been a profitable, profitable market for Mercari, but they continue to bleed cash here in the U.S., and overall it has eliminated their opportunity to be profitable up until this point. So props to Macari for, for the first time since going public, making money. E-commerce bites talks. They've got a nice article about can eBay customer support keep up with the payments ramp. So as eBay ramps up managed payments, some sellers report that eBay has shifted customer support for the program to overseas reps who, in some cases, seem unable to resolve problems. eBay reported last month it has added hundreds of thousands of sellers to manage payments since July. Quick side note, they had made a big deal that you had to be on managed payments by the middle of July. Everybody was going to be on managed payments by July. And then it was... Yeah, some of you will and some of you won't. We'll probably try to have it done by the end of the year. Wait, there's more. Compounding problems for sellers enrolled in eBay payments is that the company keeps asking them to verify their bank accounts after they've already verified the information when they originally registered. Uh, one reader who pays for an Anchor eBay store told e-commerce bites that they had been in managed payments for about three weeks and although I was receiving payouts regularly, eBay just stopped all future payments unless I verify my identity for the sixth time in three weeks. If you're on any of the various Facebook groups, you've seen this thing come up multiple, multiple times where sellers have registered all their information. They've linked their bank account and then they're asked to do it again and again and again. And in some cases it won't even accept the bank that was originally linked with that account. So there are clearly some issues with kind of the back end of the managed payments program that eBay is trying to work their way through. To wit, eBay had 340,000 active sellers enrolled in managed payments worldwide as of last month. Again, everybody, to hear them tell it, was going to be enrolled by the middle of July. And now we're in the middle of November there's only 340,000 sellers currently on managed payments. The plan is on track to manage payments for the majority of sellers by next year. It will complete the full rollout for payments by 2022. So now you're talking about not having everybody on managed payments until the end of 2022. So 18 months after they told us we had to be on it. So clearly, 
they're having some issues getting it ramped up and getting it working the way it's supposed to. So if you're on managed payments, let me know what kind of experience are you having? Is it working well for you? For for me, knock wood, it's been fantastic. My, I usually get an email while I'm eating breakfast on Tuesday that my payout has been processed. And Wednesday morning when I get up, it's already in my business bank account. So it's been flawless for me. Clearly, other people are having issues just even getting registered, let alone working with the program. So there's definitely some growing pains there. And it's going to be a much, much longer rollout than uh, anybody would have anticipated. I know there's a lot of sellers that just they don't want anything to do with it. Uh, eventually, it's, it's probably going to get to all of us, but it's a much, much slower roll than what they talked about originally. So how was my business? It was pretty good, Ryan. It was pretty good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so we'll start with what I missed last week. So if you've got your scorebook at home and you got that blank line for how many listings Ryan got done last week, it was 145 two weeks ago. So well off the 200 pace that I had been on for some time. To my defense, I did, uh, if you've been listening, you know I do these dealer trade drives. Uh, if you're new here, probably once a week, I get asked to go and pick up a car for a local Volkswagen dealership that I used to work for. They'll send me out of town to get the car. So two weeks ago, I drove to Johnson City, Tennessee, which was a nearly six-hour drive each way. So I lost pretty much a whole day of eBay. I got up early and I knocked out 10 listings before I hit the road. So again, trying to keep the store active, but I didn't get anything done beyond that. So that really kind of set me back. Additionally, I've been working more on these books and a little less on the CDs and those have taken a little bit longer. So two weeks ago, 145 listings. This past week, the week ending Saturday, uh, 180. So about back on track, I did lose a half a day. I did a drive to Louisville this week. Um, but overall, pretty, pretty solid. 180, I will take that. My target for this particular week was to try to get my active listing count to 6,300. I just missed that, um, probably 50 short. So the reason for that was I had a pretty good week. I sold a lot of stuff this week. Sales for the week, $13.29.61. So kind of right back on track. Like we talked about last week, the, the week prior was down closer to $1,000 after a run of weeks at 13 plus. Bounced right back this week at $13.29.61. Cost of goods sold for the week, just $45.28. So another really good week. Gross profit, 96.59%. So excellent, excellent. Profit margin, $1,284.33. Operating expenses for the week were just eBay fees and shipping, total of $546.60, meaning my net profit for the week was 55.48% or $737.73. You always want more, but kind of the in the back of my head, if I could net pre-tax 100 bucks a day, I, I could live a reasonably, it's just, again, it's just me and Josie the cat. So it's not like <laughs> lifestyles of the rich and famous around here, you know, a, a 36 to 37 grand a year would, I, 
I can make a living off of that. And that was just over that number, uh, a little over $100 a day net. So I will take that. With that, it's time to wrap it up. I hope you're having a great week. I hope this week is outstanding as we get closer and closer to the Thanksgiving holiday and really kicking into gear for fourth quarter. So with that, we're going to close it out. Thank you so much for stopping by. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.